If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Now today we've got another regular guest, Johan Slees, and fantastic information that Johan always provides. I always look at my saddles in another light and I look at the fitting of them in another light and I look at the fitting of other saddles on other horses. You know, I think that there's a lot of education here that Johan so freely generates to, you know, he's very generous with his time. And today we're going to talk about the 10 points on the circle of influence. Johan, how are you today? Very, very good. Thank you for having me back. Oh, that's okay. Look, you give such good information, you know, just happy to have you back anytime. But this circle of influence, Tell us a little bit about the circle of influence and what it means to you. Well, when we look at the horse and the rider and the saddle and we want to do the best for everybody, very often we really have our best intention first and we would like to have the best product, of course, and not want to spend too much money. Mm -hmm. So here we do and do everything right and, and all of a sudden something is wrong with the saddle. It doesn't work anymore. Yes. And the circle of influence for me is what all influences the shape of the horse's back. And there is many factors. And I think it's absolutely important that all the experts work together. For example, if the horse is not shot properly, the different angles in the hoof can throw the position of the shoulders okay. off. And immediately the saddle will sit crooked. If the horse has bad nutrition, too much sugar or too heavy or too skinny, that changes a three-dimensional shape. There's eight factors what changes the three-dimensional shape to the horse's back. And one of them is the saddle. <laughs> Yet when it doesn't work, I feel it first in the saddle. And then I have to go in and, and play kind of an investigator and says, hey, why does my saddle doesn't fit again? Yep. And it could be a simple thing of, well, the way the horse was treated from a body worker. For example, uh, we all had a very, very bad back sometimes or uh, something was um, stuck and then all of a sudden I had a very nice massage or physiotherapy or uh, acupuncture. And wouldn't you know, now my protection frame, my, my crooked back is all of a sudden straight. Mm -hmm. And now I feel much better. But what if the saddle was fitted to the horse when it was in that protection frame? So let's say the customer went out and, and got a new saddle or had the saddle fitted and the horse was, well, not well. And everybody has the best intention. The salesperson, the saddle fitter, the owner, and they go out and now the horse gets treated and wouldn't you know, he's much better, his back is much better, but the saddle doesn't fit. Now, imagine all these professionals, the circle of influence, there's the farrier, the 
veterinarian, the trainer, the rider itself, the nutrition expert, the body worker, if they all work together, then the, the, not only the saddle would last longer in terms of fitting, but the nutrition expert or the farrier or the veterinarian could say, now you might want to address your saddle a little bit because your horse is so much better. Yes, yes, that certainly makes makes sense. And I think this is just, you know, part of the information, Johan, where you're going into a lot more depth. And I think that you've got such great knowledge and being able to go into the depth, it's obviously important to the well-being of the horse. But I just thought you might talk a little bit more about that. Okay. So the um, most people mm-hmm. who I have met have their best intention with their horse and they would like to go out, have fun, Yep. Even if they're just a pleasure rider, they go on and say, you know, I might not want to try out for the Olympics, but I just want to have out there and have fun. Yep. I yet have to find a manufacturer, a saddle maker or a saddle fitter who doesn't care about the horse. I mean, this is such a hard business and you have to know so much about horses. Everything, everybody is putting their best foot forward. And I, I'm a great believer in that. Yes. And when we say we want to, it has to be for the well-being of the horses, we have to mm, tread a little bit careful because for most owners, I I think their well-being is that the horse does not get hurt long-term damage with their equipment. Yep. And for one or the other saddle fair, they may not have the intellectual knowledge. They may not know if you just put the saddle on the spine, on the ligaments or on the cartilage, the horse will not be moving properly and therefore will use short steps. So long-term, that's not going to work. So if I have a horse what is in stress because it hurts, we know through the um, cortisol level in the blood when mm-hmm. that rises, the horse yep. is in stress. Yep. So that's not well-being for the horse. Mm-hmm. And yet... Um, just because I didn't know what I didn't know, it's not an excuse anymore when everything is so re- available, not only on YouTube, uh, but also on so many different channels and not just through ours. Yep. So yep. Um, I don't know if I misunderstood your question, but for me, I think the, the majority of people want the best for the horses, but you've got to understand that uh, we have a little bit of responsibility when we take this wild animals out of the herd, mm-hmm. put them in captivity, and now it's our job to know, well, what is the proper food? Can yes. I give a moldy hay? Mm-hmm. No, you cannot. You know, it's not for the well-being of those, you can't give a moldy hay. You, yeah. you have yeah. to know a little bit about nutrition, and then today we talk about saddle fitting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I really answered your question. No, that's okay. Um, we'll, we'll talk better, about, but... yeah, because we talk about the circle of influence because, you know, like I, I talk to other people who would be in that circle of influence and they certainly say that other factors and they talk about saddle fitting, complementing their skills, you know, just making sure that horse professionals are working together. So we've got the farrier, the vet, the trainer, the rider, the body worker. Is there anyone else that we should talk about within that circle of influence? Well, definitely uh, the nutrition expert. Yes, and um, and um, part of it is is uh, there are so many people who uh, manufacture saddles, build saddles, and fit saddles. So also other people 
uh, who are in my industry, there's nothing wrong from learning from each other. I'm very happy to say that I'm back in Australia in November because we couldn't uh, finish supplying all the demand there. <laughs> okay, yes. So we hold another uh, another course sure. for everybody in the circle of influence. And I have seen this many times, you know, where where a, a body worker says, feel so good. I feel so good about what I did to the animal, to the horse. And then guess what, Dennis? They say it's all for nothing because I can see, they put that saddle back on, uh-huh. but I don't have the yep. uh, the argument if I'm not a saddle maker or a saddle mm-hmm. fitter. Mm-hmm. So I can't talk to my client says, but I just did this for nothing because here you're going to wreck it. So yep. that's what Saddle Fit for Life really stresses and, and, and works hard on it to to put all the people who are in the circle of influence together and says, it really doesn't matter because the anatomy is what it is yep. from horse and from yep. the rider. But you got to know how it works uh, it, together. How do you bo- both items work together and what happens to the physiology of the horse? Yep, yep. Now, you talk about saddle fit for life because, you know, I'm just thinking about the factors that play a role in how the saddle fits. What are the main factors? What can you just talk to us a little bit about this? You know, what should we be looking for or someone be looking for when we're looking about a saddle fitting? Okay, so I think it's very important is to ask the person where what is their qualification. Yes. Okay, so if you're looking for saddle fitting. Mm-hmm. The next thing I would say, be very sure because a jumping saddle gets fitted different than a dressage or a polo saddle or a racing saddle. Yep. So different sports have different method of fitting. And then you got to ask yourself, do I just want to have that saddle? Hmm. I bought and says, yeah, my professional opinion, it looks good. Or do you actually want to cross-reference measurements? So have the saddle measure out, measure the horse out, and how do these two measurements compete or compare? That's what we call the static measurement. Mm-hmm. Then there is a very, very old, old soldier thumb rule. At the end of the mane to where the flank, the flank where the hairline comes together, you go straight up the distance from those two points. Does your saddle contact in between or is the contact in front of the end? Mm-hmm. So there are very simple uh, items and we have several free YouTube videos on uh, on that subject on saddle fit for uh, on on YouTube for for that so people can check it. Then the next thing I would check for it is is this person a rider? Is this person able to see the horse moving on the launch line? And can he or she different? Can he or she see the difference? Wow! Look, when the horse is without saddle on the launch line how big his movement is. But look at that. Soon as the person rode in front of me with that saddle I'm checking, the horse is stumbling, the tail is crooked, or he's very short. You know, so it's very important that the person understands movements and is recognized. Because in the the end, Glennis, we want that saddle to fit while the horse is moving and not just standing in the cross tie. Yes. So is this person, when you're looking for saddle fit, able to give you a written report where he compares and shows to you the measurements from the saddle to the horses, how they compete? Can he show you a very simple where the front line and the back line is on the horse? 
And is he able to explain the clarity of the gates on the launch line and in comparison under the saddle? Mm-hmm. And last but not least, what I call the, the, the oldest trick in the world, when you take the saddle off after it's been ridden for less than 15 minutes, the hairline, the way the coat is compressed, will t- tell you the picture. You don't have to ride longer than eight circles each direction, walk trot, canter each gate. Okay. And you will see if the hairline is rubbed off, moved forward, or sits diagonal over the spine. Mm-hmm. I know this is a lot to comprehend and remember and write down, but again, it's all available on YouTube to see it over and over. But for me, the number one person who checks my saddle should be able to make that clear distinction between the static and the dynamic fit. Yes, one of your videos actually shows, it's quite eye-opening, you know, just of the way the horse moves. So the video actually zooms in on where the saddle is while the horse is moving. And I think that that video itself is quite eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Your YouTube channel, Johan. So if someone wants to find these videos on YouTube, what should they search for? Should they search for your name? Should they search for Saddle Fit for Life? What's the name of the channel? Do you know? I think they can pretty much find it either under my name yep. or under saddlefitforlife.com. Yes. Or they can just by my last name, Schlees. Yes. That's S-C-H-L-E-E-S-E dot com. And then go uh, under the uh, YouTube clips. Good, good. Okay. And um, that really helps a lot. Yes, yes. I think just that understanding and the time that you've taken to explain, you know, you sort of think, oh, yeah, it's a saddle, but there's a lot of information here. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. Now, you said that the saddle is the main indicator of, of all the factors, you know, thinking of the circle of influence. So why do you say the saddle is the main indicator, you know, of all those other factors involved? So let's, let's put it this way. You have a horizontal spine, mm-hmm. and then you have a piece in between another being, the rider, yep. who has a vertical spine. So you have two beings moving, hopefully, in harmony together. And in between is what we know as a saddle. So the saddle hopefully balance that vertical panel on a horizontal spine. Yep. Right? So, yes. So if we, if we think about... Um, the horse now uh, moving and in the circle of influence, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the shoeing is so important. One of the oldest saying is no hoof, no horse. Right? So no feet, no horse, maybe mm-hmm. yes, in, yes. in Australia. Yep, no, no but hoof, the, no horse. Yep. the way the horse is shot and the way he is uh, angled in the hoof is absolutely important. So if there is something wrong, as I mentioned earlier, the shoulder will be off. So if the shoulder is off, the main indicator is the saddle because immediately the saddle will shift to the left or the right. And immediately the rider will say, my saddle doesn't fit. Same with nutrition. If the horse all of a sudden gets a huge grass belly and the girth will run forward, push from the big tummy, all of a sudden the saddle goes forward. What do you think they're going to say? My saddle doesn't fit. Mm, mm. Not my horse's tummy is big. <laughs> yep. Or the horse gets trained 
properly and he's really bulking up. Imagine you have a really bad posture and you're really slouch. Now all of a sudden you take a good breath in and you're standing up straight and your shoulders coming back. All of a sudden you grew. I'm 56 years old. But just explaining this to you, I did this in front of the mirror and I said, oh, wow, Mm -hmm. I just grew another Mm -hmm. inch. So what do you think happens on top of the back? The balance will be off. So if the horse is trained properly, he gets much bigger. Everybody's clapping, everybody's cheering, everybody in the barn says, wow, your horses look really good. Look how shiny his coat is. Wow, look how big the chest is. I guarantee you, the chest is not just going wider by itself. Also, the shoulder goes wider. So now the horse starts tripping. So the indicator of good work, oh my God, my saddle doesn't fit. So no matter how the horse changes, in the circle of influence, there's eight indicators what changes, hopefully, the horse to the positive way. And if I'm paying somebody a lot of money for a good board and for a good training, I better make sure I get my money's worth. In other words, I'm hoping that this person can train my horse to go to higher jumping shows, bigger long-distance races, dressage, or winning my, um, if I'm in the Western world, you know? So I'm not paying um, trainers if I don't exceed. And what we all the time forget, this animal, this wild, wild animal, which we took in in our care, loves being in the herd, and it loves to be 20 miles roaming free with their friends, with a head down, yep. 17 hours. Yep. So nature, nature puts all the weight on the forehand. So now the human comes 2,500 years ago. The Greek military Xenophon demanded from his riders to get the proper riding style, to get the back up, hindquarters underneath, and build the horse in the matter so the weight comes off the forehand. I yet have to visit a barn, a place, a riding instructor, or anywhere in the world where somebody says, oh, I want to really hurt the horse on the front legs, and I want to really sit hard on the front. No, nobody wants to stumble, and nobody wants to break those little legs down. Mm. So if we are training this horse, even if I'm just a pleasure rider, even if I don't even take training, if I sit on an animal I do something unnatural. The horse will get bigger on the shoulder because he is getting fit carrying me around. And that changes and the saddle will be the indicator because the balance is off. Does that make sense to you at all, Vanessa? Yes, I'm yes, to. I think so. I think so. Yep, yep, yep. So the, the, the mediator, the saddle, will mm. always follow the shape of the horse's back. Yep, yep. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, 
Maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. What happens if one of these people involved in the circle of influence, what happens if they operate silo, you know, without any input from any of the other members? What happens there? Mm-hmm. Um, I can only guess because I only know people mm. who are working in the circle of influence because, yes, A, they a get team. constantly yeah. business referral yes. and they always call and say, I'm stuck a little bit. Uh, can you give me a couple I- inputs? Mm. But mm. let's say there is a person who doesn't ask his peers or other uh, equine professional what may influence the hoof, the training, the, the saddle, the nutrition, everything. If they don't uh, network, I think what happens to them is they're, they're very lonely. And, and uh, your horse knowledge is never fully learned. You always learn something new. And if mm. you're just in your isolated capsule, you, you never grow. And I believe uh, the horse world is like the human cell. The human cell doesn't stay. It dies or it regenerates. Yep. And if you're in the, by yourself, you die. Yes, if we can encourage our listeners to work with professionals who do network and do work with other professionals, I think that's good. And I think for, for professionals who do listen to the show, because I know quite a few do, encourage them to then consult with other professionals and, and work with them and just keep expanding their knowledge and keep learning. Yeah. Well, I, I thought I was, I mean, there's a lot of people call themselves the saddlers, they have never even done any full training. It's unprotective uh, uh, title. Everybody can call themselves whatever they want. Except in Germany, you get a fine for it. Yep. But um, when I did my certification and did my journeyman and had to work in front of a saddler yep. to, to make a saddle, once I'd done all this and after eight years of school, I thought, I'm the cat's meow. Mm-hmm. Now, when I think back, I know nothing. I really didn't know nothing. I know I can do everything about the difference, differences between thread and different leather, different linen, different glue, different trees. I could tell you everything. Yep. When it comes to how to make the saddle, what actually fits on an animal, what has nine different shapes while the horse's back moves, and then there's a rider, male and female anatomy, I know nothing. And the only way who got me where I am now is because I consolidated and I, not consolidated, but I, I was constantly looking around and asking for people who, who had the answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have the training what a gynecologist has, but he was able to explain me exactly what the difference between male and female is. I didn't have the difference of a, a veterinarian who, who can tell me exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. So by Vice versa, the vet says, oh, my God, I now realize the leg lame is the secondary. Primary reason is the back problem. And why? Because we can show him the cell could be this way or that way. And only this way you can really make a difference. Yep, yep. So thinking about the saddle fit actually changing from one day to next, are we looking at the back? You know, I mean, where should we go? If it fits one day, doesn't fit the next day? What other, yeah. what, what reasons could there be? How can it change? You know, you talked about the saddle fit. It might fit one day and then doesn't, it's something wrong. You know, and is it the saddle fit or what else could it be? Okay. So if it's from one day to the next, yeah. it's very 
drastically and you find it very quick. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. If it's a product itself, something broke inside the product, i.e. the oh, okay. And all yes. of a sudden, the front of the pommel is completely weak. Mm-hmm. If the saddle is solid and there's nothing detectable, but all of a sudden the saddle is um, really listed to one side, you'd be surprised how many horses, how fast they can rip themselves a shoe off. Yep. And boom, immediately the shoulder time even. Or how often have you had something, I mean, it happened to me twice in my life, um, where I pulled something out of the oven, I couldn't stand up. Yes. I just yes. pulled something in my back. Yep. It was just, I was stuck and I had this stupid position. And horses are giant elephants in the China Bowl. I mean, these <laughs> big animals are very fragile. Mm-hmm. And when they get playing around the field, they can slip very fast. No, my horse doesn't go in the field. It's only in the stall. Okay. But who says you're there 24-7 and who knows if he maybe just rolled in the stall Pulled something, got cast. You, you don't know. Yep. Yep. Not always, yep. right? And all of a sudden, the horse pulls a little bit something. And all of a sudden, when you, he's not lame, but he's just not quite stepping up back right. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you feel, why is my saddle going all of a sudden? Falls back right. Right? So we have to remember these animals uh, are just like us. Things can happen without us really want to happen. <laughs> yep. Walk yep. by the table and you 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 take the corner to short and you got a bruise. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna walk absolutely properly? No, you're gonna go with a little limb. So it can happen from one day to the next you find it immediately, either on the tack or on the animal itself. You just have to investigate a little bit. Okay. Okay. The bad yep. part the the bad part again is it's a slow changes. Mm-hmm. You know when you uh, you heard that before when somebody says to you, oh, my God, look how much Susie grew. Mm. And mm. Susie happened to be your daughter and you see her every day. Yes. But the person who hasn't seen her for half a year and she happens to be 13, that's when the girl yep. really grows. Yep. yep. You know what I mean? Yes. They see that immediately. But you didn't see the slow. Mm. And the same with the saddle. The mm. horse slowly grows and all of a sudden doesn't fit anymore. Mm-hmm. So that can happen. I read a lot of equine journals. I can only recommend to your listener to follow the equine journal from Sue Dyson. She's a veterinarian, one of the highest cited veterinarians in the world. Mm-hmm. She is in England. And one of her articles or equine journal, she talks about saddle slippage. You know, you, you have a saddle go late to to, uh, sorry, you have to saddle go to, to one side or the other. It slips. So to the average rider, they don't see the horse is lame. Get a veterinarian says, you know, your horse is actually lame. Right? He can't really step up. Right? It could be a slight lameness. And here I think I have to buy a new saddle because my saddle is crooked. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's a good recommendation as well, is uh, we'll try and get Sue Dyson on the show and, and have a bit of a chat to her as well. That'd be great. She is a wealth of knowledge, of course, and mm. she, I, I can't speak highly enough of her. Yep. Now, thinking about changes, you know, because we talked about the sudden change, changes in the rider, how can that affect the saddle fit? I, I like to compare that. Um, let's say you have a twin sister and your twin sister and you have the same shoe size. 
Yes. You both get at the same day, both the same pair of shoes, except your sister, your twin sister, has extreme bow leggings. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So she will, when she has bow legs, she will wear the shoes on the outside of the sole. And one day, you mix the shoes up. Okay? You mix the shoes up and you put your sister's shoes on. You will immediately feel, what's wrong with my shoes? The outside sole is gone. So where I'm going with this is how the person puts the pressure into the seed foam. In other words, if a person has uh, scoliosis or Mm -hmm. has some bursitis or is something wrong with the right or hip or knee, they will compensate for it. And the seed foam will take the impact just like the sole in the shoe will take the wear and tear, how the person walks and the saddle, feet foam, will take the impact how the rider rides. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, and I really like just the example that you gave with the shoes. You know, it's a very clear example of something that could happen. Yeah, yeah, it makes it a lot clearer to me, the example. Yeah. So now you say, um, how can it drastically change? Mm -hmm. Okay. Very drastically change is just like the horse, you can pull something. Okay? Yep. The rider can pull something. Or, and then now I go on ride and I'm protecting myself or I hurt myself in the front. Happens to the best of us, yep. rider, male or female. Mm-hmm. And then I said, ah, maybe I push myself a little bit back in the seat. Okay. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I push all the pressure into the back of the saddle because I'm putting the contact in the front mm. just just for two two days. But all mm-hmm. what I'm doing, I overload the rear of the saddle. I'm putting all the pressure over the ribcage area. The ribs of the horse what are not connected to the sternum. The horse all of a sudden goes into protective mode. It's a chain of reaction. And instantly, the horse drops his back. The pommel gaps higher. Now, now the stupid front of the saddle is even more a nuisance, mm. and I'm just going even further back. Yep. So the, the, the saddle, picture it like a foundation on a house, which sits on the back part of the house, the foundation sits on the swamp. Now you put all the furniture in the house to that foundation side which sits over the swamp, and all of a sudden the foundation cracks because the house sinks into a foundation and into a swamp and the back of the saddle underneath the back where the horse's floating ribs is yep okay they're not very strong there Mm -hmm. right they can they can carry part of you but if you move back the horse and the saddle fit will change from one day to the next just because i move a little bit back in the front because for whatever reason you understand Yes, yes, I think that does. So you bring in another story, you know, about the uh, the house and the foundations and the swamp and compare it to the horse. So I think just a very clear example of someone with a bit of depth of knowledge, I think. Johan, I keep coming back to that. Yeah. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. Okay, so that was a good way of explaining about how the rider can affect the saddle fit. What about, what can the horse do? You know, we've talked about 
the circle of influence and the people we need, but what can the horse actually do that can affect the saddle fit? Um, like I mentioned before, the horse is built on the forehand. Yes. If everything goes properly, everything goes right, the horse will develop so it actually going to last a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And when a horse is born on the forehand and he is trained to carry a human, what will happen, his back gets stronger, his hind leg goes stronger, and he will get a stronger back. Hopefully, he will lift up through the shoulders, just like I explained before. When I stand up, I grow. When the horses grow, the bone structure is done at two years old. And the last growth capsule on the horse closes at six and a half at the withers. Mm-hmm. But when you have a horse and he's properly ridden and you take your time, don't rush him, at eight years you will see another big rise. And you says, wait a minute, he's eight years old. I thought the bone capsule grow and close. How come he grow more withers? Very simple. Because when the shoulder and chest gets wider, the entire rib cage hangs on the upper muscle with the pectoralis muscle. And from the shoulder to the rib cage, the serratus. So these massive ring of muscles, they call it the sling of muscles. They, these slings lift the whole trunk. What happens under the saddle, the withers becomes pointier on top and the shoulder goes broader. So your actual three-dimensional shape on the horse changed in the width, in the angle, and in the arc. Hence the word three-dimensional. And that is a positive change. Mm-hmm. If the horse doesn't change it, you're riding heavy duty on the forehand and ligament joints, tendons will not hold it. And the horse will be done very, very early. So we all deep in our hearts hope the horse gets stamina, gets strength, and like our ancestors taught us worldwide, to protect these legs, the horse gotta lift his thoracic sling and shift the weight more to the hind leg. Mm-hmm. And that changes the three-dimensional shape under the saddle. Yep. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Yep. Now we've talked about the changes of the rider, changes of the horse, but what actual changes to the saddle itself may affect the saddle fit over time? Right. The saddle, um, I compare like with the car sometimes. Yep. If you have a car and you barely drive it, okay, you barely drive just a little bit, then the tires don't wear out that much. As if you have a car, what you drive every day, 100 kilometers. Those tires need to be changed much faster. And on the saddle, we compare the billets, for example. The billets where you put the girl straps on, if you barely ride the saddle, those billets last for a long time. If you ride every day in your saddle, there's a lot of wear and tear. So billets wear out very fast, depends how often you use your saddle. Another thing what changes on the saddle is the piece between the skeleton of the saddle, which we call the saddle tree, and the bottom um, of the saddle is either done with foam, with felt, with 
air or with wool fork or with husk. So in many saddles, we're using a cushioner between the horse's back and the foundation of the saddle, the tree. Yes. So what I, same thing with the car use. The more I use it, so more the padding or the saddle stuffing will become compressed or uneven, or I used the analogy earlier with shoes. Um, if I'm a person of scoliosis, you will see how much the saddle has been compressed on the left side if I happen to have scoliosis and then my left hip is lower. Okay. So, and last not least, but also changes, but this is a very slow process, is the actual foam where my seat bones are carried and drilled into it. <laughs> I've got to say, Johan, you give so much information. You know, you talk in so much depth. It's, it's, this is the type of chat that I've just got to go back and listen again. I mean, as well as that, you're, you're engaging. <laughs> you're engaging to talk to and, and, you know, you're interesting, but it's the, the education, I think, that you give. And I think, um, you know, you can give us that guidance through the saddle fit, which is such an important part of riding, such an important part of horse ownership and horse welfare that, um, yeah, I think it's quite important that we listen to the education series that you're giving us. I think what what will help everybody, and maybe um, your radio station can help a little bit as well, Mm -hmm. but um, in end of this, summer, we will be bringing our um, online education. Uh, It will start. And last year, I traveled the world two times, and I'm not getting any younger. (laughs) So what I'm doing right now is finding in each continent and country trainers who train the online class. Mm -hmm. But all this information, people soon can acquire online. Yes. So I'm very excited about that. Okay. Okay. All right. You know, just sort of thinking about contact details for you. We've already talked about your YouTube, YouTube channel, and people know that they can go to Horse Chats and um, find you on horsechats.com slash Johan Schlees to find those contact details. But just tell us quickly, what's your best email, phone number? How can people contact you? Uh, The best contact is at info. Mm-hmm. at schlees, S-C-H-L-E-E-S-E dot com or info at saddle fit and then the number four and then the word life dot com. That's the best way to get a hold of uh, me. Um, we have um, quite a, a, a large group of people who to help me to get as many questions I uh, I get to answer as fast as possible. Yep. And of course, uh, there's many already asked questions on our uh, website, uh, same as the email I just given. Um, most frequent asked questions. That's always very knowledgeable or very, very helpful. All right. Uh, Johan, again, thank you for coming. Um, looking forward to talking to you again. And, um, yeah, delighted to have you. Bye-bye. Thank you, man. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. 
registered training organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.